the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Program is sponsored by Kettering Baptist Church. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Second Samuel chapter 3, beginning at verse number 1, the word of the Lord reads, There was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David grew stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. If you look over at verse number 6, it says, Now, it was so while there was war between the house of Saul and the house of David that Abner was strengthening his hold on the house of Saul. And Saul had a concubine whose name was Rispah, the daughter of Ai. And so Ishbosheth said to Abner, Why have you gone into my father's concubine? And then Abner became very angry at the words of Ishbosheth and said, Am I a dog's head that belongs to Judah? Because I show loyalty to the house of Saul, your father, and to his brothers and to his friends, and have not delivered you into the hand of David, and you charge me today with a fault concerning this woman? May God do so to Abner, and more also, if I do not do for David, as the Lord has sworn to him to transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul and set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah from Dan to Beersheba. And he could not answer Abner another word because he feared him. This morning, I want to continue the series of messages that we've been working our way through, the seven sermon series summarizing the life of David. Started off watching or witnessing the selection of David with the sub-idea, he sees the best in you. And then we saw the psalmist, David, with a sub-idea, your gift will make room for you. Then we saw the slingshot of David uh, with the sub-idea, slaying giant enemies. In part four, as we looked at the soul knitting together with David, um, David and Jonathan being knit together supernaturally by the hand of God. And we saw there that the uh, sub idea of having a covenant companion. Today, we want to look at part five of these messages and uh, talk to you from the subject matter, the surrender of the kingdom to David with a sub idea in due season. It will come to pass. First, I want you to look at the chase of David because for about 13 to 15 years, he's going to be chased by Saul. Can you imagine that? You've been anointed. 
already to be king. And now after God uses you to show how strong and awesome he is in your life and you've killed giants and you've been woven together with the king's son and, and in essence the king's son has says you've got the position and after all of that now for 13 to 15 more years you've got to be on the run from the king. Saul whom you have played music for to calm his spirit when the distressing spirit came upon him. Saul whom you've made look good by killing Goliath and causing the Philistines to be on the run. I mean, Saul, who should be more deserving uh, to David than he is hating of him and desiring to kill him, but sometimes people will envy you more than they'll bless you. Even though you're doing good for them, they'll do evil for you. But David writes in Psalm 35 just about the chasing that happens. It's this 13 to 15 year period of time that he's being chased around by Saul. In Psalm 35, he says, plead my cause, O Lord, with those who strive with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for my help. Also draw out the spear and stop those who pursue me. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Let those be put to shame and brought to dishonor who seek after my life. Let those be turned back and brought to confusion who plot my hurt. Let them like chaff before the wind and let the angel of the Lord chase them. When somebody's been chasing you for 15 years, you're going to have something to write about. You're going to have something to say. And, and if you read through the Psalms, you'll oftentimes hear David say, Lord, be my strength and be my refuge. See, David knows something about needing a place of refuge and needing a God of strength because he's been running for his life for a position that he's already been anointed by God to be in. David's been running all over the place. It's not like he just ran a couple of places and hid out and had somebody hide him. No, David's been all over the place. And in the process of me looking at all the places that David has gone, it reminds me that even while we're being chased, God is still a refuge. Go back to 1 Samuel chapter 21. We see right after David and Jonathan are knit together and David finds out from Jonathan that Saul is really after his life and that he wants to kill him, then from that point, David begins to run. And the first place he runs is to a place called Nob, N-O-B. And he runs from Nob to Gath. And at Gath, he has to act crazy because they've heard the stories about David. See, somebody had heard the song being sang. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. And, and when David showed up all by himself, the king over here gets afraid. And David had to act like he was crazy so that he could have a place of refuge. And then he moves from Gath to the caves of Adullam. And then from the caves of Adullam to Mizpah. And Saul chases him from Mizpah to Judah. And there in Judah, he's got a refuge for a time and for a season. And he has to leave Judah and go from Judah to the forest of Harath. And from there in the forest of Harath, or the enemies of David who pretend to be his friends are telling his enemy Saul where he's hiding. And everywhere David goes, there's somebody pointing out where he is and trying to help his enemy to catch him. The enemy might have help, but they don't have the Lord on their side. I'm 
I know they're still pointing out everything you do and every mistake you make, but I just want you to know if, if you got the Lord on your side, he still gives you refuge. He's still going to give you a, a hiding place. And, and if he can't find no hiding place, there's a hiding place in him. Sometimes you just got to close the door and hide in him. He leaves the forest of Herod and goes to uh, Keilah. And there in Keilah, he fights with the Philistines. And, and from Keilah, he leaves Keilah and goes to the strongholds of the mountains of Zith. And it's there in the mountains of Zith where Jonathan comes to him again, uh, his enduring friend, his covenant companion. And, and Jonathan begins to encourage him and, and lift him up. Don't you know that every now and then when you've been running for a while, it's good to have somebody that'll call you up and say, I was just thinking about you. I'm praying for you. And you know, every now and then you just need somebody. You don't need a whole lot of folk. And there in the middle of the mountains of Ziv, David gets encouragement to keep on going, to keep running this race. And, and yet though he's being chased by Saul and his life is endangered, God keeps giving him refuge. He leaves the mountains of Ziph and goes to the wilderness of Maon. And there they had already told Saul, Saul, this is where you can catch David because Maon only has one way in and one way out. And so Saul says, God, I thank you that you've given me David into my hands, even though Saul's on his way uh, to kill David. And let me tell you what happens. God causes the Philistines to break out a war. And then the messenger comes and tells Saul, Saul, you got to turn around and go back because the Philistines are fighting us at home. And when he turns around to go back, God says, David, now's your time. I'm opening up a door. Don't you know, no matter how bad your enemy is, God will make a way. He will open up a door for you. He is a very present help in the time of need. David keeps on running. God proves that not only is he a refuge giver, but he gives David support. Back in 1 Samuel chapter 21, we're going to find there that David, when he starts running, what God does is he positions Elimelech, the priest, to give him some support. He'll give him food. He'll give him what he needs. And, and then David says, are there any weapons here? And Elimelech says, the only weapons here are the, the weapons of Goliath, the, the giant that you slayed. And he says, I'll take that one. And then 1 Samuel chapter 22, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the caves of Adullam. And so when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was distressed, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented gathered to him. And so he became captain over them. And there were about 400 men with him. First, he was running by himself. But when David runs to Adullam, what happens is God has first given him support with the priest Elimelech, that Elimelech gives him food that he needs and a weapon for his warfare. But then God's going to give him some supporting cash. Now, here is part of the problem. Part of the problem is that most of you and I would not want this supporting cash because this supporting cash looks like a bunch of rejects. I mean, first of all, he's got his brothers that didn't support him in the first place. Then he's got the folk that don't have good credit. Everybody who was discontented, you know, the complainers. This is his army. Can I help somebody right here? Because sometimes you might want to push away that reject looking support. But God may be using that reject support that you have to be what you need for the warfare that's ahead. 
So God uses them to become David's support. And, and they are and they will be a mighty army eventually. But it starts out with 400 men. Now, 400 men and David is really not a whole lot when you consider the army that Saul had and the amount of power that Saul had that he could muster. And then the other thing I look at is not only does God give refuge and God give support that we need, but God doesn't do things like we would want him to do them. Because you would think that based on David's life and based on who he is, that God wouldn't have put him in this predicament. David is anointed the king. And even though he's anointed, he has to run. If I'm king, what I got to run for? David has songs being sung about him. But yet, God, not working it like we would want it to be worked. And here is David being chased and chased and chased and chased. God is with him, but he's being chased. You and I can probably glean something here because sometimes trials will be chasing us. Tribulations will be chasing us. Trouble will seem to chase us down. The devil seems to be at every corner chasing us and hitting us over the head. But still, God reminds you along the way. I'm with you. Now, now we would think because I'm anointed, I'm born again, I'm blood washed. I, I shouldn't have to go through all that. My life should be perfect and without error. But no, God will still take you through. But when he takes you through, he'll support you. He'll encourage you. He'll give you refuge. He'll give you strength for your journey. And I know it hurts sometimes, but it's a good thing to have God on your side. So secondly, as I looked at the life of David and his progression, we get to see his character. Because part of what's happening in this wilderness experience is that God is building character in David. As David goes through this, David has at least two opportunities to act in his own flesh, to take out Saul and become king himself. Look with me in 1 Samuel chapter 24. David's hiding in the cave. Saul goes in the cave to take care of his personal business. That's a very articulate way of saying he had to go to the restroom. And while he's going to the restroom in the cave... What God allows David to do is get close enough to Saul to actually cut off the corner of his robe. And then when Saul gets back up to leave out of the cave, David comes and follows him out of the cave. He calls to him. And verse number 9 in chapter 24 of First of Samuel, he says now, And David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of men who say, Indeed, David seeks your harm? Look, this day... Your eyes have seen that the Lord delivered you today into my hand in the cave. And someone urged me to kill you. But my eye spared you. And I said, I will not stretch out my hand against my Lord. For he is the Lord's anointed. Listen, he says, moreover, my father, yes, see the corner of your robe in my hand. For in that I cut off the corner of your robe. And did not kill you, know and see that there is neither evil nor rebellion in my hand. And I have not sinned against you, yet you hunt my life to take it. This is a character representation of David. Because most of us, if given the opportunity to have our enemy. Squatting in a vulnerable position where they could not defend themselves if they wanted to. And we've got sword in our hand and we've got a friend in our ear. 
urging us, this is your chance. And they'll spiritualize it. They'll say, the Lord has put them right there for you. Come on, be honest with me this morning. And that's what happened to David. His friends said, man, the Lord didn't put them right there, man. Take them out. Most of us, our character wouldn't allow us to restrain ourselves. No, Saul, I want you to know I could have taken your life, but I didn't. And it's because of my respect for the position you hold. This is something I learned in the military. If you don't respect the position of the person ahead of you, then how can you be honored when you attain that position yourself? So you have to respect the authority that's in place because keep in mind, all authority that is, is positioned by God. And so Saul is in a vulnerable spot, but David could have taken him out. Look at chapter 26, 1 Samuel. Here's another case. Now the Ziphites, they're the ones who've been telling Saul all the time where David's hiding out. The Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah and said, is David not hiding in the hills of Hilkalah opposite Jishimon? So then Saul got up, went down to the wilderness of Ziph, him and 3,000 chosen men. Now, David ain't got but a few misfits, no credit, bad credit people. He coming down with 3,000 men of Israel with him to seek the life of David. But David stayed in the wilderness, and he saw that Saul had came after him into the wilderness. Now, watch this. As David is there in position, and Saul is coming after him, and he's already been told, he's spying him out. David is going to do something really unusual. Look at verse number seven. It says, so David and Abishai came to the people by night and there Saul lay sleeping within the camp with his spear stuck in the ground by his head and Abner and his people lay all around. Everybody was sleeping. Then Abishai said to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hands. See how your friends will tell you? He says, now, therefore, please let me do it for you. Let me strike him at once with the spear right to the earth. And I will not have to strike him a second time. I only need one time. But this is opportunity to test the character of David. And trust me, you and I are going to have some of these opportunities as well. To test your character to see if you're ready to walk in the anointed position of God. But David said to Abishai, do not destroy him. For who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? And David said, furthermore, as the Lord lives, the Lord shall strike him or his day shall come to die or he shall go out to battle and perish. In other words, what David says in due season, it shall come to pass. And so he denies the opportunity uh, there to, to kill Saul once again, but again, demonstrating the great character that he has. So David took the spear and the water jug by Saul's head, and then they got away, and no man saw or knew or awoke, for they were all asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. God put Saul and all the camp in a deep sleep so that he could test the character of David. On his way to the surrender of the kingdom, David shows great character and class in adverse situations. And I wondered this morning, are you and I passing our tests? Are we showing great class and character as God gives us opportunity? Because in due season, it will come to pass. Watch this, Second Samuel chapter 3, verse number 1. It says, now 
there was a long war that went on between the house of Saul and the house of David. But while David was running, while David was hiding, the Bible says David grew stronger and stronger. Pastor, that don't make sense. That don't make sense. Saul's laying back in the king's house, in the palace. And even though he's in the palace, the Bible says, but the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. Can I talk to you for just a moment? I know you might be on the run. I know you might not seem like it's comfortable, but what God is doing, if you're trusting him, is while you're running, he's strengthening you. And he's weakening him while he's resting. And while he's resting, he's growing weaker. While you're running, you're growing stronger. And even though it seems like you're getting weaker, when you get weak, that's when he's strong. And when he's strong, that's when we can win the war. Because God has to break us down so that he can get us where we need to be. Now, God's got David where he needs to be. Physically, he's probably exhausted. Emotionally, he's probably tired. He's probably wondering, God, I'm ready to throw in the towel. But that's when God does his best work. When you get to the end of yourself, when you stop trying to do it by yourself, that's when God can step in and he becomes strong because in due season, it's going to come to pass. David is fighting for his life, running for his life, wondering whether I'm going to get killed today or tomorrow, but God steps in on his behalf so that the very man who anointed Saul's replacement is going to be the man that's going to turn and say, David, I'm going to give you what's yours. Watch this. It's right here in the text. It says, after David goes through all that and and his house is growing stronger and stronger, but the enemy's house is growing weaker and weaker. If you look down there in verse number six, it says, now Saul has died and, and Saul's replacement has been put in place by Abner. Now Abner is the one who anoints Saul's son, Ishbosheth, to be king. While David is running, confusion breaks out in the house of Saul. And they're fighting with each other. God has a way. You don't even have to raise your hand. God will cause them to destroy themselves. Old folks used to say, give a person enough rope and they'll hang themselves. And as they go through this thing, what's going to happen is that Ishbosheth is going to come to Abner and say, man, what you doing messing with my father's concubine? And he said, man, what are you talking about? What do I look like to you? And he says, now I've been here being faithful to you because I'm the one that anointed you. I'm the one that put you in the king's position in the first place. I've been faithful to you. I've been faithful to your father. I've been faithful to your friends. And you got the nerve to bring accusations like that against me? Okay, I'm going to let you see what's up. I'm going to turn the whole kingdom over to David. Now, who could have done that but God? Then he says, verse number nine, may God do so to Abner and more also if I do not do for David as the Lord has sworn to him to transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul and set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah from Dan to Beersheba. I'm going to do it. And then Ishbosheth can't say nothing. He says he was scared. He could not answer Abner another word because he feared him. And watch this. What God's going to do is, is this powerful Because what God does to David is what I believe he does to us. David gets a message from Abner that says, hey, David, we're going to give you the kingdom. Turn, Come on, have a meeting with me. We come in the covenant with one another. We'll set these things up. And David says, under one condition, give me back what's mine. He says, I want my wife back, Michal, that y'all took from me, that Saul took from me. I want my wife back. And so Abner says, no problem. And he sends his wife back to him. Watch this. Because even though you might have been running for 15 years, 
30 years, 40 years, God will restore what the locusts have eaten. He'll give you back your joy. He'll, he'll give you back your smile. He'll give you back your peace of mind. He'll, he'll give you back what the enemy has caused you to lose. And everything that David lost, God restores it. Even the whole kingdom. And then David comes into the place finally where the Lord fulfills for David what he had anointed for him many years ahead. Watch this. In due season, God's going to deliver to you what's anointed yours to have. Amen. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Buca Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Folks, I'm sure many of you would agree that surviving as a child Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.